you're hiking up some of the most beautiful locations in the world. Ireland, Italy, Rio, Athens. You're making the journey with peers, competitors, friends, all at the top of their game. And then you reach the summit and dive. When you've really nailed it, I mean, it, what a satisfying feeling because you've gone through so much training, so much effort and so much time and months and months and months and thousands of dives and and then it all culminates and, and comes down to 2.5 or 2.8 seconds and it all has to happen right then and there. It's a hell of an action. It's only three seconds in the air and these three, three seconds are really intense and also the, the landing when you, they hit the water, they hit the water about uh, 80 kilometers per hour and they stop uh, between three and four meters. Usually people think a good dive is when there's no splash at the entry, but that's not the complete dive. So the dive starts in, uh, in the beginning and the starting position. Over the next 30 minutes, you're about to be transported into the adrenaline-filled, gravity-defying world of cliff diving with a very special co-host, Colombian cliff diving icon, Orlando Duque. It's, it's like this rush of adrenaline that that uh, I mean it's hard to compare to anything else I think that's what keeps bringing us uh, to search for more and more this is beyond the ordinary this is Red Bull Cliff Diving Let's say I started just living, living it as a passion, you know, just this is what I did after school. This was the sport I did as a kid. So, you know, it was it was just a sport to me. Um, it, and then it becomes like a competitive thing, uh, but but nothing too high level. Right now, what we have when we have a World Series, uh, this not only becomes your life in time in terms of a lifestyle, it becomes uh, your job. This is a this is a nine to five job. I have to do two practice sessions. I have to do one session in the pool. I have to rest in between sessions. You know, I have to make sure that I'm eating right. I have to make sure that I'm I'm, I'm doing the right training. So so it's not anymore just like finding a cliff and jumping. That's one one small part of it. But um, at the level the competitions are at the level that you know the competitive divers wants to get to is not anymore just jumping off a high cliff. Now it's very technical. You go to the laboratory, they do a lot, a lot of tests. You have to make sure you're, you're doing the right work. So uh, it is good. It is good because uh, let's say 20 years ago when I started competing professionally, uh, this was a lot of fun. It was me and my mates just running around and jumping and having fun. Now it, it's a whole different story. It's, it's, I think it's, this is what we dreamt of back then that the sport had the potential for. You open magazines and you see kind of beautiful places and it, it would cross your mind. Like I would love to, you know, dive from, from that place there. And that's kind of what your life has ended up becoming. You know, I just had a little scroll on YouTube before our conversation now, and I was just having a look at all the different places where you've competed. And some of them are incredible. You're diving, not sometimes it's just like a, a high dive off a cliff, but then other times you're diving into caves and, you know, exploring all kinds of different beauty spots. That must be incredible as your job. 
Uh, it is. It is. I mean, I, I can't complain. This is definitely like a dream job. Um, it, you know, when, when I decided to step outside of the pool and say, like, let's go and see what this board is going to take me, um, we wanted to try everything. Bridges, buildings, trees, caves, icebergs. I've been to Antarctica jumping from an iceberg, helicopters, you know, whatever we can find that is high enough and is deep enough. Um, you know, the, the, the sport has so much to offer. And, and it's surprising because, like, every year I, I manage to complete a few projects we finish the world series and we say like wow we've done so much we we've done everything and then five six new um new places to dive from new <laughs> ideas just come up for next year so i uh, i think that's the beauty of the sport you know it offers so much um once you you know once you understand how everything works once you prepare your body to the point where you need to you can enjoy all this all this little corners of the world you know i've 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 managed to move around quite a lot around this world and and i tell you what doing your sport i i, I guess is no best way to do it so my name is Hassan muti i'm the competition director of the red bull diving world series so I'm managing uh, all the sport departments. So everything that is uh, speaking about sports, uh, from uh, from the divers, the um, the wildcard divers, the judges, uh, the how how to select them, how to score them, also rule book uh, and uh, and safety of the of the athletes. We need to have a lot of imagination, like we have to visualize it like okay this for normal uh, random people normal people they're gonna watch it they're gonna be like how they can you know build something here like a, a a wooden platform here on the cliffs in the middle of a philippine on an island and yeah uh it's a team that are working together for a long time already so they know they know what they have to look for Uh, it is good. It is good because, uh, let's say, 20 years ago when I started competing professionally, uh, this was a lot of fun. It was me and my mates just running around and jumping and having fun. Now, it, it's a whole different story. It's, it's, I think it's, this is what we dreamt of back then that the sport had the potential for. Okay, I'm Joey Zuba, a former cliff diving athlete and a former rebel athlete. And now I've moved on to a role uh, as a commentator with the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series. And I also operate as a high diving consultant for the International Aquatic Federation uh, that governs the rules for the Olympics and uh, for any other purposes for the cliff diving scene. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one because, I mean, particularly when you're not so experienced, it's very easy to let the elements, let's say, somehow uh, bother your takeoff or your approach. So certainly you'll see the more experienced athletes uh, uh, have a, a better grasp on being able to manage the circumstances. I mean, Rihanna Nifflin did a superb job in the competition. For example, she understands how to read the wave, so she's a surfer. And if you watch her on the, plan the platform in the broadcast, she'll look to the right so she's looking for sets of waves coming in. So she, she knows when she should just back off. Okay, looks a bit rough at the moment. Just give it a moment to let it settle because obviously you want calmer seas. 
to hopefully um, to have a better entry. So obviously if it's really rough, let's say for example, a big wave comes in, the waves will come up and that can lessen the height from the platform. What does that mean in the context of things? That means you could under-rotate and of course score badly or even injure yourself. So um, it's very, very important to kind of read the environment, particularly when you're dealing with open swells. Uh, cold is challenging because the muscles start to get very tight. So you you would have noticed again, referring to the broadcast, that the athletes were coming down onto the platform wearing a full jacket. So they're trying to keep those muscles as, as loose as possible right until the very end. Um, but at, at the end of the day, as hard as it is, you do need to find the way to get focused and get zen. You, you've got to come back to the point of just focusing on exactly what you need to do on the platform. You have to sometimes ignore what's around you. Yes, of course, like I said before, pay attention to the swells when you can. And if, if it's windy, there's not a lot you can do about it. So pick your moments. And then when it's time to go, just stay focused on that. If it's, um, once you launch the platform, that's it. You're in, you should be in automatic pilot mode. There's no need to worry anymore. It's just, it's just about sort of concentrating and reacting to what's going on around you. But um, easier said than done. Mentoring is important. Making sure that you know that you find someone that you can trust. Um, you may not always get good advice. I need to be clear about that as well. So you need to be very careful. You know, and and who you talk to. You must be present. You know, you must be thinking about the environment and thinking about only what you need to do and in the moment. Regular day, um, it, you've done all the training, so all the preparation has been done a few months before. So on a competing day, you want to make sure that you slept pretty good. You try to, but the whole night you're actually thinking about your dives. If you wake up in the middle of the night, the first thought that comes to your head is like, oh, I have to do this and any kind of place in your mind. It's kind of, it's inevitable to, to think about it. You wake up early in the morning, you try to eat a good breakfast, you know, and, um, and, and like I said, the, the dives just stay in your head. Do a nice warm up, uh, just like, you know, physical, make sure the, the, the bones, the joints, the muscles are all ready for diving. Uh, and on a competition day, we normally do one or two warm-up dives and then it's competition time. This is a moment that is, is, is kind of intense because sometimes like we were discussing before, we are at a beautiful place, like some beautiful cliff with nice blue green water, but you don't even realize you're there. Like you're so focused on the competition. That's that's the mm -hmm. other side that I tell you about that that you have to be so so focused that you forget almost uh, where you're standing. Um, before like those seconds before you're gonna dive, uh, you have that feeling of like, whoa, wow, watch out. This is this is dangerous, you know. This is like your defense mechanism telling you, watch out, this is this is this could go wrong. But then I go like, okay, hold on, I just breathe, try to calm myself, look down again. And I almost kind of smile because I go like, no, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So I'm ready to jump. Next thing, you're already falling through the air. You're flipping, twisting. And it it is a short period of time. It's like three seconds only, but it almost feels like a good 20, 30 seconds, you know, like the like time and space just slows down, you know, and you're falling, you're trying to feel your dive. You see the water at the end and you impact for, for, you know, for entry. It's kind of a loud bang on your ears. And then underwater, everything is quiet. You can hear bubbles, you know, it's, it's a really cool feeling when you, when your water, when your face pop out of the water, you're just so relaxed. And now you compare 
you know, three seconds before you were so worried. So after the competition is done, everybody's just, I mean, so happy. It's, it's like this rush of adrenaline that, that uh, I mean, it's hard to compare to anything else. I think that's what keeps bringing us uh, to search for more and more. Even what you just say there, you know, I, I didn't even think of that when you when you land in the water and your ears, it, it, that must be so loud. I mean, I, I'm guessing none of us would, would experience that, but it's kind of like uh, as loud as, I don't know, a, a, a big bang, a firework. How would you describe it? How would you try to describe that to somebody who would, would never experience it? It, it is. It is a loud bang. And and I tell you what, the impact with the water, I mean, we hit at about 85 kilometers an hour, so just roughly 60 miles per hour. Um, it's 5G that we have to support for an instant, so I'm about 75 kilos, so it's like 350, 370 kilos that you have to, you know, withstand for an, for an instant. It's, uh, it's, it's not only loud, but it's really strong, really heavy, that 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 punch that you get even on a good dive so when you have a bad dive it's actually a little worse um it, it, i you know i try to compare it to sort of like a car accident where you kind of walk away you have your seat belt and you kind of you get a big jolt and everything and it's loud and you're kind of you're kind of confused uh but you're okay you walk away and then you kind of that rush you feel like whoa what happened i'm okay uh, that's kind of the feeling you know and um we we learn to manage it, enjoy it, and actually keep searching for more. On, on the impact, it's like you said, it's a hell of an action. It's only three seconds in the air, and these three, three seconds are really intense. And also the, the landing, when you, they hit the water, they hit the water about uh, 80 kilometers per hour, and they stop uh, between three and four meters. So it's like, to give an example, it's like driving a, driving a car or a bike uh, 80 kilometers and you have like three meters, four meters to stop. It's like, uh, I mean, it's like, it's super strong, super strong impact and we have the same. So uh, they, ha they have to be uh, uh, physically well, well, well prepared, really, uh, because the action, it's, it, it's so heavy, uh, so, so heavy impact. That they have to be like you know have they need to have strong legs, good abdominals because in the air also you know they're twisting, they're flipping, so they need this uh, strange uh, strange um, muscle uh, abdominals like uh, really powerful. Uh, they need also to have like a you know a strong a strong back, uh, but it's not on only uh, muscles; it's also flexibility. To, to make a good dive, they need a good flexibility on the shoulder, good flexibility on the back to have a nice pipe position. It's aesthetic with a with a lines, a nice line like we can compare that to a, to a dancer, you know, with a super nice line uh, with the, with the legs. So it's it's all this thing, thing together that is making the that making the dive. And the more important thing, it's the mental the mentality. If you you have to be ready, you have to be well prepared because if physically it's okay, you need to be also okay in your head, and this is a, a big part, a big part of the of the job. And since for that, there is no secret, you know, there is there is uh, there is different technique to you know to, to to warm up, to different technique to to increase your body shape or, or to have a bit a better line. There is a lot of techniques for that. The mental, it's everybody, it's different, so they have to work on them way more or less. And it's a combination of things. Yes, it's one to face your fears 
and it's another one to do to do the dive well. I mean, it's tremendous. I mean, I, first thing is like, oh, I'm safe. But when you've really nailed it, I mean, it, what a satisfying feeling because you've gone through so much training, so much effort, and so much time, and months and months and months and thousands of dives, and and then it all culminates and, and comes down to 2.5 or 2.8 seconds, and it all has to happen right then and there. And then when you hit it with so much pressure with so little time. There is no more satisfying feeling in the world. I, I do miss that rush a little bit. It's, um, but it's a combination of things. It's you know, because I think the reality with cliff diving too is it's like it's not all peaches and roses all the time. You know, it's just not. Like I said before, everything's a trade-off. You know, where you gain something, you lose something. But you but you have to suffer a little bit before you have to be in a situation you feel really uncomfortable. But the trade-off is that tremendous sense of satisfaction. You know, anything worthwhile in your life will be difficult. Anything, you know. So I mean, even you know, really wealthy actors, there's all there's parts of the job that they don't like. So there will always be some part of the, you know, the, the sport or the industry that is uncomfortable. But we have to be okay with being uncomfortable, and to push ourselves through those moments. And that's how you grow. And I don't. And I mean this also metaphorically as well. Like whether it's your work life, your personal life, you know, you must be willing to be brave and, and to, to try things, you know, otherwise we, we, we stay stagnant. So talk me through then the training that you have to do for this, uh, because you've got to be in good shape. Uh, training, you know, it, let's say there is, there is different parts of it. Uh, you have to have a basic uh, cardiovascular and strength uh, training. You know, you do running, biking, swimming. I do a little bit of everything because try not to do all of one because it becomes a little bit boring. So that part has to be done every single day. You know, the better shape you're in, the better you can concentrate, the better you're going to perform. Uh, then separate, we do a second part, which has to do more with strengthening. And, and this is like, you're going to work your big muscles because you need strength to jump off the platform, but you also need it to impact the water. Um, so, you know, all the big exercises, squats, deadlifts, you know, push press, all that, um, you have to do all that. Um, for diving, most sports have a, like a base, a support. We don't have it. Once we push off the platform, we're in the air. So you have to, that, that strength, that power that you produce from the platform, you have to be able to continue that in the air. And for that, you use your core. So we work a lot of our abs, you know, our back, make sure that is really coordinated. So in the air, you can keep the body moving, flipping and twisting. Um, diving, of course, the, the technique for diving is very strict. So that's done at the pool most, most times. So you work on the technique, make sure you refine that technique that it looks very good. We have judges that are scoring us based on that technique. Uh, so, so that has to be sharp. And um, if finally, let's say on those free times that we have to rest, to recover in between training sessions, you do a little bit of mental training, you know? So when you, when you step to the edge of the platform and you get really excited, you can calm down. You, you know you have to remember to breathe, you know? When you're in those moments, when you're rushing out of the house and you, and you just grab the keys for the car and you run out and you get to the car and you say, oh, I forgot my phone because you're not breathing, you know? You're not thinking, you're so stressed out. It's the same for us. I have to remember to do step one before I do step two and step three. Yeah, it's a bit of a grind. You know, there are days like, oh, don't feel like training. But you do. You have to. You've got, you've got to push yourself through that. So, I mean, 
let's say like in a typical sport where like you're in an elite diving program and so forth. I mean, I know there was times in my life when I was doing 10 sessions a week. So my weekly schedule um, when I was 15, I believe it was, was Saturday, no, sorry, Monday morning, 6 a.m. till 8 a.m., go to school till 3, um, come home, eat about 700 wheat bix and then um, then go to training from 4 to 7, Tuesday morning and Tuesday afternoon repeat, Wednesday morning off, Wednesday afternoon diving 4 to 7, and then, yeah, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning from 9 till 12 or 8.30 till 12 or whatever it may be, typically a lot of strength on the Saturdays. Um, with the cliff diving scene, they're, they're, they're probably a little bit more autonomous now, so you're not sort of governed by the federation so much, so you... But, I mean, if you look at someone like Konstantin Popovich, I mean, what a marvellous physique. I mean, always training. I mean, he really probably should have made the Olympics. He went to the Olympic trials and, and just narrowly missed out. But, I mean, uh, Gary Hunt, for example, he's training and uh, with the, the French diving team. And so part of his deal to get, you know, to get the elite coaching is he has to compete in 10-minute diving. So he, he does the full, I think. Eight, nine, ten sessions a week, I would say, something like that. He might do a little bit less because I think as you get older, you need to be a bit smarter. So you don't need to do as many reps because you've already, you know, harnessed in the, the skills or honed in the skills, I should say. But um, certainly Gary's working really hard with a, with a strength and conditioning coach. So, um, and you kind of have to as you get a little bit older as well. But that uh, just shows you what a champion that guy is in terms of his attitude. He's like, no, I. Uh, I'm still enjoying this. I still want to be on the top, and I and I need to to train hard. So, but yeah, the, the daily grind is, is is difficult. But certainly, visualizations should be part of the whole process. Greg Luganis, the sports director, touched on a few interesting things about making sure you visualize what it's like to be actually in the dive. What what it's feeling like. You're feeling that light and heavy sensation as you're coming towards the earth, or then you visualize yourself from the third party perspective, like you're looking at yourself on the TV screen and, and then doing it in, um, in real time and even slightly faster. He was talking about so that you, when it comes to actually do the dive, it feels like you can anticipate it. It actually feels slower. So when you combine all of that, like I said before, it becomes a, a nine to five job is, is, is a pretty long and pretty intense, um, day when when you're doing training for a competition you've also mentioned a few times the pool um you do you do a lot of training in the pool i'm guessing you can't always go to a cliff to do some training but just on that you, you can choose a discipline in diving can't you you can you can obviously di normal diving i don't want to call it normal because it makes it sound <laughs> really easy like anybody can do it but you know how comes you didn't do regular diving and you decided to to push the boundaries to to the cliff um i, I did diving i did pool diving, let's say before. Uh, I did it for about 10 years. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, I, I follow the sport today, you know, I'm, I'm really close to it. Um, but I wanted a different challenge. You know, it, it, to me, diving in a pool here in Cali, my hometown, uh, is the same thing. It's the same heights, it's the same depth, same color of the water, same, same conditions. So if I travel to Bogota or if I travel to London or to New York, it's the same pool. It's the same height, it's the same color. So everything I was doing, it became a little bit automatic to me. Um, and and I, I wanted a different challenge. As soon as I started stepping outside and climbing on a, on a bridge and trying to figure out, oh, how high is this? And the water is a little bit murky and you're looking down and go, oh, what, it's down there. So you go and check and make sure that everything is fine. So then you add all these other elements to one dive and, and it became 
more exciting. Um, when we're going to competitions now, every single location that we go to is completely different and you have to adapt on a weekend. This is not automatic. This is not something that is just, you know how to do it. You have to look around, you have to find reference points, you have to search everything around you, make sure that you're aware of everything that that's, that's there. So it, I think it was more of a challenge. Um, diving in a pool, it is one of the most difficult sports I, mm. I, I can see. You know, it takes a lot of training, a lot of strength, a lot of speed. Uh, the divers are like, you know, elite, super elite divers. But but it's just, you know, it was just a different path for me. It was just a, a different way to, to, to enjoy the sport that I loved. Did you have to relearn much? Because, you know, when you dive into a pool, it's head first normally, you know, a regular dive. When you do a cliff dive, it's feet first. So you, you obviously have to change that technique. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, for example, uh, let's say like the first 50, 60% of the dive, like the first falling part is diving that we practice at the pool is diving technique. The judges are judging exactly that diving. But then there's some different elements from pool diving and from cliff diving. So you have to learn that you have to actually, it, it is very different. You have to technically uh, relearn a few things that you don't learn in the pool. So uh, it's, it's one of the main differences, you know, but um, I guess it's uh, it's just an element that you can you can you can teach you can learn and um, you know with good technique with good training uh, it shouldn't be an issue but it is it is completely different that's one of the main differences between the two. Okay, I'm Anke Pieper from Germany, and I'm a former diver. I have been diving for I don't know more than twenty years. And since 2012, I'm a judge at the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series. And that's a lot of fun. And I really enjoy it to be with the Red Bull family. Usually people think a good dive is when there's no splash at the entry. But that's not the complete dive. So the dive starts in, uh, in the beginning and the starting position. Um, at arm stand dives, for example, um, it starts already when the diver leaves uh, the platform with his feet. So then we start to judge the dive already. Um, if he struggles to get into the arm stand, uh, does he have a vertical and steady balance? Then next um, thing we judge is uh, the starting position. Is it a strong uh, position uh, takeoff? Is it too far from the pl platform or even unsafely close? Um, the next... Um, part of the dive we judge is during the flight, the position during, during the flight. So we have uh, three different positions. It's a straight pike and tuck position. Is it as described? Is it a good, good position? The toes are pointed, uh, feet or legs together in twisting dives, for example. And then uh, the last part of the dive is the entry. But it's not only about the splashes. Also, it has to be vertical. Yeah, it, it's, it's a lot. It, it's not only the entry. Usually people think it's just the entry. <laughs> Once as a diver, you dive, you enjoy. This is beautiful and you enjoy the warm water or you enjoy the climb and all of that. And that's just cliff diving, pure nature, pure, pure sport. Um, when we have the competition, then it's another thing. You know, now we want to win. Now I want to be the best. Now I want to make sure that I'm going to beat this guy. You know, this guy beat me before, so I'm going to win. Uh, the judges, you do a dive and you feel great and you come out and look and, and it's not the scores you were expecting. So 
uh, that gets into your mind, you know, so you have to kind of let that go, forget about it, you analyze it later. Uh, now you have to focus on what's coming, what's my next dive, I need to make sure that I can, uh, I can do the right corrections and do the, the, a good dive to have good scores and win. Uh, if it is at the end of the competition, you have to evaluate everything that went wrong and make sure you make the corrections for the next event. You know, there is always a next event. I think um, when you don't have that mental strength, what happens is you let yourself, um, you know, be dominated by by those feelings, you know, that, that, that oh, no, I did too bad. And you're just thinking about me, you did yesterday. There's nothing we can do. You know, when we do bad, uh, we just have to make the corrections. And when we do good, you enjoy, but you have to make sure you, you do good again. You're not, there is no guarantee, you know, that it's going to work again on the next one just because you won. So it, it is an interesting mental game. You know, the physical part, most times we're in good shape. Most times we're really strong. But the mental part, you have to make sure you're sharp. There's a really big relationship uh, between diving and high diving. Um, when you start diving, you already have the basis, basics also for high diving. So when I started in 2012 uh, with high dive, or judging high diving, um, I tried to imagine the dives from 10 meter and then just added the Barani. So it works for many dives because I was not really experienced in high diving when I started judging. But for me, it made it uh, much easier to judge the dive and or also to imagine the dive before I saw it. So as a judge, I tr always try to imagine what dive I, I will see. And so when, when I didn't have so much experience, I started, okay, this dive should look like this on 10 meters and ju just at the Barani at the end. And that worked. The Barani is, um, that's how mostly the divers finish the dive. So it's, it's a half twist and then they enter into the water. It's, it's the last part of the dive. Yeah, you, you don't do a Barani in diving. So it's more in, in gymnastic or in trampoline. Um, I think, like Rhiannon, for example, she, she was a diver. She was also doing trampoline, and you can see it. Her technique during the flight is coming from diving. But she, when she finished the dive with Barani, you can see her experience in trampoline. And also Alessandro from Italy, for example, he was working really hard with someone from trampoline to learn or to change his Barani at the end. And you could see immediately how he changed it and it looks so much better. Of course, like almost everyone who's involved in cliff diving, I, I would like to see cliff diving being um, part of the Olympic Games, of course. I think it's still a long way. But I really hope that, that it will be happened one day. Don't know where we are going, uh, but I'm sure that uh, it's going to develop more and more and more. And hopefully, hopefully, one day uh, we're going to end up to make the to make the Olympic because it is also one of our goals. It's to end up to the to do the Olympic Games. Don't know if at Paris uh, it's going to happen in 2024. Let's see. I hope so because I'm French, and uh, but you can hear it anyway. <laughs> and uh, I hope that is gonna we're gonna have a presentation of uh, of uh, of cliff diving in 2024. If not, uh, hopefully in 2028. Let's see. I believe it. I believe that it's close. 
a lot of divers uh, are believing that it's closed also. I really cross, everybody's crossing the finger for 2024. It's a 50-50, I would say. Uh, you know, feder feder the Federation FINA, uh, like the, the body, the, the head body of, of, of aquatic, aquatic in, in the world, they are really interesting with the sport. They are already making World Cup, uh, World Championships. So they have like a um, few competitions per year. Uh, we try to work together, uh, together Red Bull and FINA sometimes, at least, you know, me, I'm also consulting for FINA. Uh, so we try to develop the sport also from, you know, from both sides, from Red Bull side, from FINA side, and, and, and try to, to achieve this goal to be in the Olympic. I hope that it's close. I hope 2024, really. Uh, we have we have uh, an event at the end of the year, I think uh, 16 to 21 of December. That's the qualifier for the FINA World Championships. That's going to be in Abu Dhabi. Uh, from there comes the list of divers that are going to be diving in next year's World Championship. And then after that, you know, uh, get ready for 2022. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I've really enjoyed learning about this unique sport of cliff diving. Uh, and maybe, just maybe, I might do a, a five meter, five meter at some point in my life. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks. This, this has been awesome. And for sure, let's go and, and find a cliff at one point and do a couple of dives. For more from the world of Red Bull, head over to redbull.com. And you can hear more from Beyond the Ordinary wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>